0: Hi there! This is The Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church! Welcome to The Evolution, everyone! And if you are joining us in person, go ahead and wave a hand and give a shout out! And those of us who are joining online, we really miss you and we can't wait to hang out with you soon. So before we start, as usual, all of us on the preaching team are thankful and grateful to Pastor and carries for taking time and effort to edit our message rehearse with us before every recording. It is such a privilege to have them as our pastor and leaders. Amen? So are you guys ready for the Word? Yeah. So sit up, take out your notebooks, open your apps, and here we go. So the title of my message this afternoon is Compensating for Worry. We are halfway through 2021, and I'm sure by now most of us have developed the ability to cope with changing regulations. Last time this year, you know, everyone, Singaporeans, we are panicked buying whenever regulation changed. And with this new heightened measure, everyone seems to be more chill. We have learned that we are not going to run out of food and toilet paper. We have learned to live better with the pandemic circumstances. There are still moments we are frustrated but now we are better equipped to go with the flow. That said, how many of you can admit that we are still struggling with some anxiety or tiredness? I noticed that whenever regulation change, especially in the second week in the new measures, a lot of us have difficulties to sleep or rest well. We may not be directly affected but somehow we all still get a bit affected in one way or another. Whether is it about thinking more about our, our lives and future, or think of feeling a little down and out every now and then. So today I thought of speaking to you about worry and anxiety. What are some of the ways that we tend to react to them and how we can respond to them in a way that helps us to move forward productively. Our message from the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew 6:25 to 34 in the CB version. It says that therefore I say to you, Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seeds or harvest grain or go gather crops into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow, they don't wear themselves out with work and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all his splendour wasn't dressed like one of them. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, wouldn't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what we are going to wear? Gentile longs for all these things. Your Heavenly Father knows what you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. No worry is a natural part of our human existence. Even without a pandemic to add to our struggles, worry will always be part of our lives. Whether it's day-to-day worry, pleasures at work, expectations at school, relationships with people, or the stages of life that we are going through, especially when we are youth and young adults. In our teens and twenties, we are going through multiple periods where we are seeking out our identity, figuring out what we want to do in the future. And do you know that whenever we as human beings go through pandemic, one of the phenomena has always happened is more than usual, we will start to rethink about our lives and want to make big changes because we are forced to stand still or we are put in an atmosphere of prolonged stress. So we naturally start to question our identity, worry about whether we are happy or become anxious about living out a more satisfying life. So if you are feeling that way, that's really normal because we are in a long-drawn pandemic because that is the stage of your life. But what I want to share with you is that we can be aware of what where, where our worry is coming from, we can take the right steps to help us to move forward. So the first point for today is that our worry can come from not having enough. Matthew 6.25 says, And Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky, They don't sow seeds or harvest grain or gather crops into barns. Yet your Heavenly Father feeds them, aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? So when Jesus delivered this message, He is speaking to an audience that is mostly poor. But in Jesus' day, majority of Jews were living below the poverty line. It was hard to find work. It was hard to make a good living from work. And it makes sense when Jesus compares the people listening to him to birds that don't sow seeds or harvest grain or gather crops into barns because many of the people following Jesus had real problems, real struggles with not having enough. So Jesus acknowledged the struggles that many of his followers are in and encouraged them that God will provide for their needs, that they are worthy and important to God. I don't know how many of you have been Feeling this way, the past two years, not just because you're emo or you are mentally weak, but because you really do have challenging situations. Situations that left you feeling worthless with low self-esteem. Situations that left you worried, anxious for your future. So friends, I I want you to know that God loves you And today, He is telling you that even if you are unable to sow seeds and harvest grain, even if you are unable to find a job or be as productive as you want to be, you are valuable to God. You are worthy and precious to Him and He will be with you through this season. I know it's hard to hear, but I want you to believe that you can get this through and God will get through with you. You see, in this passage, Jesus both acknowledged that we have real worries in life. But at the same time, he's calling us to choose faith, to choose to trust in God's love and providence, and choose to stop giving in to our worries. Jesus says, Yes, when you have not enough, you will worry. But what's the point? Can worry do anything to help you? So, one of the things I learned recently from my favorite podcast, Freakonomics Radio, is this term called overcompensating positively. Basically, it's one of the responses we can choose to have to our anxieties. And this is actually a good thing. I know most of us use the word overcompensating negatively, right? We like to use it on insecure people. Like, man, that beefed-up guy who dreams every day is overcompensating for a fragile ego. That professionistic colleague at work who is driving everyone crazy is overcompensating for his insecurity. But actually, compensation is on a spectrum. And what studies have found is that overcompensating can be positive up to a certain point, where it can move us to make changes to our challenging situation. It only when it is hit a certain point that it tips over into the negative overcompensation. Some of you like to read rich uh, ranks to rich stories. Okay, I do myself. You know? I, I like to hear stories about Jack Ma and Alibaba, how they came from nothing and created this amazing business. I like hearing about things like Lego, like Kit Chris Christensen was a simple shop owner who prayed, God made me rich and went on to have the idea for Lego. But let me tell you one recent story that really inspires me it is, our, it is about our local supermarket, Sing Xiong. So Sing is one of my favourite supermarkets. You know why? Because that's where CET, our church experiencing, get all our stuff cheap. <laughs> and Sing was founded by a man named Lim Hok Chi. So Mr Lim no, was born in 1961, the fifth of the nine children. And during that time, Singapore was still a developing nation And to make ends meet for the big family, his father first worked as a fisherman, then a pig farmer. Lim Ho Chi was not an academic person. He dropped out of a Chinese high school in Sektri and went to ITE to do a course in mechanics instead. He didn't end up using his cert, but instead he went to help his father to run the pig farm instead. Not long after, in 1985, they faced a terrible setback when the government decided to shut down the pig farming sector in Singapore. But despite what happened, Mr Lim decided to open up a counter, just a counter at a provision shop in Amokyo to sell his family's excess stock of meat. And that was actually the unexpected beginning of Sing Xiong Supermarket. After a lot of hard work, he and his brothers brought over the provision shop for 30000 back then. And because of what his family has been through, he decided to specialize in selling products at rock-bottom rock price. He didn't try to compete with fancy supermarkets. Instead, he took a no-frills approach to provide food and other necessities to customers. Sing grew and today, it is Singapore's third largest supermarket with over 60 stores. And Mr. Lim Hokchi is Singapore's 31st richest man with a net worth of 1.2 billion USD. So there's a part of overcompensating for not having enough that can be positive. We can use it to overcome our situation. We can choose to harness our circumstances of lack and turn to motivation to achieve instead. But listen, guys, I don't want you, I'm not telling you to set up a billion-dollar supermarket chain right now. But what can you start to do today to overcome your struggles? What can you do to acknowledge the reality of your situation, but still choose to not worry and instead overcompensate positively? There is this interesting study done in 2005 by Cornell University they found out that 85% of what we worry never happens. Only 15% of what we're anxious about actually happens. And even if this 15% does happen to us, 39% of us end up discovering that we could handle the difficulty better than expected or that difficulty actually taught us a lesson worth learning. Conclusion from this study was that 97% of our worries are actually baseless and unfounded. So Jesus is really making sense here. Yes, 15% of our worry is real and might happen, but majority is just our fears holding us captive. And the answer is that we need to decide to stop worrying unnecessarily and do what we can to trust God and make positive forwards. We cannot 100% control our future but we can 100% control our response. So, there's another thing that I want to encourage you about is that your weakness in one area can become your strength in another area. So, let me repeat it again your weakness in one area can become your strength in another area. So, when we let worry run our lines, you know, we tend to focus on the wrong things. We focus on what we do not have instead of focusing on what we do have become so obsessed with dealing with our weakness that we forgot that we do have strengths. And this happened to me all the time. One of the things that our team always teased me about is that I have too many ideas. I am someone who has a firework brain. You ask me about one thing, I do not just connect to a few ideas, I connect to one million ideas. So sometimes when I'm meeting with a person and, and, and the team, Pastor asks me for our opinion about one thing and I'll give them too many ideas, you know, sometimes even out of point. Sometimes this makes me focus on it as a weakness. But this same weakness is what, you know, makes me callable in brainstorming meetings. When something is completely new or some, or when our team wants to overhaul something completely. That's when my nobody has enough ideas and my one million ideas become valuable. So listen guys, very often every weakness is actually a strength. It depends on when and where. I think most of the time people actually appreciate our strengths. But we spend so much of our time counting the wrong things. We count the times that it is a weakness instead of counting the times that it is our strength. Alfred, at the was one of the founding fathers of modern-day psychology. One of his earliest contributions was about positive compensation. At the time, he was studying a phenomenon that occurs in our physical body, but he found that often when one organ in our body is not functioning well, the rest of the organ will actually work together to compensate for the weak organ. Yes, sometimes this could have a negative effect on our body But often, this compensation actually leads the the weakness becoming a positive strength instead. What strengths are you missing out on? Because you're overwhelmed by worry. Because you're focused on how one part of you is weak, but not realizing that it made the other parts of you strong. So guys, today, can I give you a homework to do? Today, maybe you just need to take a breath And tell yourself that, do not worry. And then start to write down in your journal all the ways that you are strong and all the ways your weakness might actually be creating strength. And why not today make a decision to respond and compensate to your situation positively so that every real not having enough can be overcome. And this brings me to my next point. The thing that is most dangerous to our lives is never not having enough. It's actually feeling we are not enough. So point number two, our worry can come from feeling not enough. Can you relate to that? So the worst kind of worry is not external. It's internal. When we feel like we personally are not enough. One of the things that worry does to us is that it causes us to have weak faith. And again, Jesus assured us okay, that God loves us. Okay, God gave us food, God will provide us clothes, and God will take care of us. But here, the worry has gone deeper. It started to affect our faith. And the most dangerous worries is inferiority because it can cause us to overcompensate negatively. So let me repeat again. Feeling inferior can, can make us overcompensate negatively. We start to overworry, overcompensate with what we wear, how we look, what we eat, what we own. And some of us use it to show off, some of us use it to fit in. Some of us use external things to cover up for, we, for what we actually feel bad about ourselves. Remember, some overcompensation can be good, especially if it comes out of wanting to be productive when it comes out from an extension of a healthy self-esteem. But there are moments when it tips over, when we keep overcompensating externally to hide the defect internally. And sometimes, when we keep overcompensating on the outside, it actually starts to create a deeper hole in the inside. So you guys, nothing external can ever replace internal self-confidence and assurance. So interesting that Alfred Adler did as, he as his research progressed was that he started to apply the idea of, over, of compensation in our physical body to psychology. He went on writing about positive compensation to overcompensating negatively. Where a person make up for our feeling of inferiority by pursuing power, perfection, dominance and control over other people in hope of feeling good enough. This is extremely unhealthy to our mental well-being because it not only hurts ourselves, but we also hurt others in the process. So the problem with feeling not enough is that nothing is ever enough. No goals, no, no power, no relationship, no control, no happiness is ever enough. You can imagine how miserable this can feel. No matter how successful, you always feel that you are a failure, you are a fraud no matter how good something you are in, it's never enough, it's never perfect or good enough. In the end, this never-ending pursuit of negative compensation will only drive your life to destruction and ruins because you will eventually run out of fuel and wear yourself out. But I want to remind you that just because you feel that you're not enough doesn't mean that that's true. The problem is you having weak faith. And I'm not talking today about weak spiritual faith in God, but talking about having weak faith in yourself. If you're not careful, our weak faith in ourselves can start to control our lives and destroy our joy. Human history is full of stories of people whose lives were destroyed by their own insecurity and low self-esteem, and who someone destroyed other other lives because of their own low self-esteem as well you know that behind every narcissist is actually overcompensating for a low self-esteem. Yeah. I know we tend to think of narcissism as people who are overconfident, who act- uh, but actually narcissists are people who have deep, low self-esteem. Whether it's people who boast, manipulate, hurt other people or victimize themselves, they do it in order to cover up for their low self-esteem. Think of Hitler, think of Trump, or that terrible colleague at work, or that terrible schoolmate in school. We might not be a narcissist, but low self-esteem can really wreck our lives and the relationship around us. That is not God's design for you, and that is not what Jesus wants for your future. And that's why over and over in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us that God loves us. We are worthy in God's eyes. We are far more valuable than the birds and the flowers in creation. And it is God values them as so much, but He values you and I even more. So friends, if you could see yourself the way that God sees you, if you could make a decision today to strengthen your faith, whatever level your faith is at, to decide to believe who God says you are, to decide you are someone who is valuable, this will change your life. Okay, then some of you will say to me that no, I get you tohan, but how I react to low self esteem is isn't to overcompensate, uh huh. But there's another way that we can deal with our lack of low self esteem. It's called undercompensate negatively. So undercompensate means to pay less than what is fair, customary, or expected. Some of us, when we feel that we are not enough, we react by fighting, overcompensating. Some of us, when we feel that we are not enough, we react by running away or getting paralysed. So instead of chasing after goals, stepping on other people to get ahead, no, you run from your opportunities that you deserve. You sell yourself short by not even trying. So for example, though you have been responsible at work, but you let someone else take all the credit. When a promotion comes along, you tell yourself that someone else is better suited for the job. You talk yourself out of taking risks, you know, of, of stepping out of your comfort zone because you think that you're not good enough. You turn down that opportunity to lead in church because you feel that you're too young, inadequate, inexperienced, not talented. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Can you imagine if the CEO of Saint John, Mr. Lim, has done that? If he said that I didn't even finish secondary school, I only qualified to repair cars because there's a certification I got from ITE. If he said that I don't come from a well-to-do or an educated family, or he say that CEOs are only for those who attend NUS business school. Man, what a great destiny Mr Lim would have missed out on. So guys, what destiny are you giving up? Because you're selling yourself short. What amazing future and potential are you throwing away because you're undercompensating? Because you don't believe in yourself. Devolution. God loves you and God believes in you. Let me say it one more time. God loves you and God believes in you. Every single one of you, here in person or over in the screen, you have a potential. You no, know, behind you know every one of you, God has a plan and purpose for you but you had to work out your faith to catch up up to God's faith. Let me say that again. Our faith needs to catch up to God's faith in us. I know that there's a lot of this trendy health, you know, mental health talk nowadays that, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to acknowledge your bad feelings. Amen. I agree. Jesus agrees with you. He acknowledged that we worry when we don't have enough. But he also seems to be telling us here is that don't let not having enough turn into not feeling enough. Instead, focus on believing God, believing what He thinks about you. At the end of this Do Not Worry passage, Do you know that Jesus instructs us to do, to overcome our worry and weak faith. He says in Matthew 6.33, but strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Righteousness is a lot of things in the Bible, but one of them is the righteous may fall seven times, but still get up. Righteous is falling, but still getting up. Being a great, successful person, a person of faith, a person of God, doesn't mean you never fall. It doesn't mean, it means that you will fall, but you will still get up. Instead of looking at mistakes, the weakness as failure, why don't you look at it as falling? Failure can feel so final, but falling is different. When we fall, all of us will know how to get up. You see, you can't grow if you do not fall. You can't grow if you are too scared to take risks. You can't move forward without sometimes being hard. Growth counts with falling, but with righteousness, No, ask God, we will rise up. So every time when you feel like you are falling into a hole or feeling inferior or worried, stop worrying about this bad outcome because it's not going to happen. Stop worrying that you're not enough, but keep getting up and going at it again. When you do that, you're allowing God to turn your weakness into strength. And everybody say, Amen. So last point for today, to grow stronger as a person, is point number three, move from self-awareness to God-awareness. Move from self-awareness to God-awareness. Having self-awareness is a great thing. When We have been talking a lot about it recently. It allows you to know yourself, understand your motivations, and ultimately make better decisions but I want you to know that there's actually a slight but important difference between general self-awareness we hear on social media and the self-awareness we are going to teach you here today. The important difference is God. You see, here's a problem with self-awareness that isn't connected to some external awareness. One, it may lead to overthinking. where you're micro-analyzing every nuance of your thoughts and actions, and now, this is an important process doing your own reflection and analysis. Okay, but what happens when we lack the knowledge and experience to do it well? We might end up leading ourselves into endless cycle. You see, here's the problem, especially when we have low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is when we are not even seeing ourselves correctly to begin with. So no matter how we analyse, we always end up with the same wrong conclusion. I am not good enough. Some things we can sort out on our own, some things we need external wisdom and help. Often friends can be a great help, but just make sure they are positively ahead of you. Otherwise, you'll be blind leading the blind. And that's why leaders and mentors are so important in our lives. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have pastors or mentors or friends who are better than me in other areas to advise me, to help me see when I'm wrong about myself, to help me see when I need to change. But Tivo, there's one person who is the greatest leader, mentor and friend you can ever have. The best external awareness input you can ever get and that is from God. He created you, He knows you, He designs you, He is the perfect person who loves you perfectly. No human can ever love us or know us as perfectly as God. And that's why he is the best person to bring true awareness in our lives. Recently, I engaged a personal trainer to get in shape. I've been trying hard to get healthy, to feel better for a long time. But no matter how hard I try, I just can't do it well on my own. Either the results are slow, or I always end up hurting myself in the process. But despite this, I went on to, for my first training session, thinking that I know myself well enough. I've been to the gym by myself, done some workout with my buddies. I'm just getting a trainer to help the process to be faster. But within the first 30 minutes, I realised how wrong my own assessment of myself was. I was panting the life out of me. (laughs) My muscles were so sore and trembling. Some exercises I couldn't balance properly or even get the posture right. One exercise in particular was pretty tough and it was doing squats. Squats were supposed to mainly work on our glutes and our thighs. But every time I did a squat, my knees started to hurt. My trainer later explained to me why, and it's because other parts of my body, my hips, my ankle and my calves, are supposed to be able to support my body. But because they are not pulling their weight, my glutes and my thighs were not enough to do a proper squat. So all this time before meeting my trainer, I keep doing squats on my own thinking. I just need to do more and I'll be able to do it well. But actually, he told me, if I keep doing that without strengthening other parts of my body, I will actually end up injuring my knee and be worse off. So what's my point? A lot of times we think that we know ourselves. We think that we know what we are doing. We think that we are self-aware because we know the word self-awareness. But in reality, we are just in desperate need of someone else to guide us, to grow us, to get us to where we want to be in life. We need mentors and we need leaders and good friends, but most importantly, we need God. Sometimes, to find the right answers within ourselves, we need to look beyond ourselves for truth, whether it is about we need to change or what it is about our self-esteem. We all need a trainer. We all need God to look out for our form. We all need Jesus to sometimes diagnose what's really causing the hurt, the worry, the inferiority we are feeling and to help us to get better. Stop worrying about not having enough. Stop worrying about feeling not enough. Seek first God and His righteousness so that you can get to a worry-free tomorrow.